This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, a new national survey shows Canadians are more stressed about money than at any other time during the pandemic. Taz Rajan from Bromwich and Smith shares tips to reduce financial stress, to save smarter, and more ways to just kind of lighten the load. What makes you a bad Canadian? Do you hate Putin? Maybe you can't skate. Ryan can't skate. Our shift heads share their guilty secrets with us as well on a new segment, The Late Night Confessions, on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Uh, For the first time in this year, in 2022, first time in a while, actually, we need to hop over to the Twitterverse to take a look at a tweet that broke the internet, got international headlines for absolutely stupid reasons. Let's get it. It's the tweet of the day. Of the year. Of the year. Uh, it could be. So, a Canadian politician went viral on Twitter. And it's not because he posted something about how awesome Manitoba is uh, or uh, his uh, his homemade beaver tails or his, uh, you know, maple syrup he harvests in his backyard. No, nothing like that. He actually got some backlash because he posted a picture on Twitter of his wife shoveling snow, which that's simple, except there's some context behind this picture that makes it just not not great the tweet says quote even after a 12 hour night shift at the hospital last night my wife still has the energy to shovel the driveway god bless her and all our frontliners time to make her some breakfast this comes from john rays who's a manitoba cabinet minister and wow um John, it's I see what you're going for here. I he you know he wants to shout his wife out, but this makes you look like the kind of guy where you propose, uh, you get married, and then it's like, all right, I'm gonna play PS5 while you go clean the entire house. Um, I love you. You're a great wife. You're a great partner. <laughs> I mean, oh, and it gets worse. He was live tweeting tennis. At very late hours in the morning, very late hours, early in the morning. So he had been up all night. He could have shoveled before his wife got home. But he sat on the couch, tweeted about tennis, and then his wife comes home. She's the one who has to shovel the driveway. Then he goes, okay, it's fine. I'll make her breakfast. I'll make up for it. We're evened out now. John, John, that's not how this works, buddy. Nope, not how it works. Um. Now, in all fairness, uh, it is possible, although extremely unlikely, that she said, John, when I come home, please save the driveway for me because I'm very excited to shovel it as a stress release <laughs> or an escape from my hard day. We don't know that, maybe. No, that, that, is a, that is a possibility. We don't know the whole story. Although the parts of the story that we do know are still um, really objectively uh, cringy and funny. Uh, think about it this way. The picture is also what adds to it because it's an overhead picture of his wife shoveling a massive driveway. Now, if I were John, 
and I was going to tweet the exact same thing, I would have tweeted, this is the breakfast I made for her to say thanks. And that picture. And I bet he probably still would have gotten some flack from people saying you should have shoveled for your wife. But it probably would have gone over better than this poor woman bundled up in the Manitoban winter, shoveling this massive driveway while her husband's chilling with some tennis. And I hope he, I hope it was a good breakfast. That has to have made up for it. Uh, as a woman, Texter says, she would never have thought that, Shane. She would have just thought to herself, <laughs> if I don't do it, it's not getting it. Done. It won't get done. So I'll just do it. <laughs> the, yeah. Thank wow. you very much for the text message. Uh, another text says, Shane. Um, a better man would have had her slippers and robe ready with a bath drawn and a glass of red wine. Yeah, exactly. I feel like John could have done more here. And I, I, I wish I was at the dinner table last night when they sat down, both fully aware of what happened on the Internet. What's the tone at that dinner table? How are they angry? Do they need to adjust some things? How much of a blunder? How much of an oof is this on John's behalf? Now, I'm like, not saying like. They're not getting, you know, this is the divorce. No, nothing like that. I'm just saying, like, everybody makes mistakes in relationships. This has got to be one of the dumbest and most entertaining and frustrating mistakes I've seen blow up on the Internet. Like TMZ talked about this. This was uh-huh. f- like Nash, USA Today, NBC, CNN, like all of them had this. It's just objectively <sighs> hilariously bad. It does get me thinking, though. Oh, what what are our blunders, right? Like, Uh have we ever done anything that's kind of close to this? I have something that comes to mind. And I think, honestly, gentlemen, I am ready to make a bit of a a late night confession about it. Should should we do this now? Uh, Yeah, I mean, sure, let's do it. Let's get. All right, let's do it. All right, cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. Late night confessions. What's your night time? (laughs) What's your nighttime confession? Call 877-399-9898. It's free. Seriously. Doesn't cost anything. We're not joking. What the hell voice was that? I don't know. I was I trying you, to said you, like, you said you were using a sexy voice. I'm sorry, but that is far from... That well, is just I'm the, I'm the weirdo in a panel van voice. Uh, I was trying something there. It's terrible. Okay. That was my attempt. I was trying me. something there. Okay. Uh, I, I'm ready to make a late night confession of one of the dumbest things I've ever done in a relationship. So, All right. Uh, it was not a healthy relationship. It was not a good relationship. It was already kind of dead. I needed to get out, but I was not at the point where I was like, I had enough confidence to leave and all that. And it was Valentine's day. It was our second Valentine's day together. And I just woke up and I was like, I, I don't want to give them a gift. I don't want to be here. So I, (laughs) I opened up my home's like little storage closet and I found the first stuffed animal I could find. It had probably been sitting in my house for like 15 years. It smelt like my basement. And I made it up. I wrote a card. I handed it to her. And she goes, Ryan, was this in your basement? I just looked her straight in the eyes. I was like, no, I would never do that. I mean, she obviously knew, but I don't really care. I cleared some space. I didn't have to spend any money. We broke up a few months later. All for the best. 
Um, but uh, it's pretty funny, I think. Late night confessions. Late night confessions. What's your nighttime? <laughs> What's your nighttime confession? Call 877 399 9898. It's free. Seriously. Doesn't cost anything. We're not joking. Now, uh, Catherine is in Surrey. Uh, Catherine, did you want me to use your real name or keep you anonymous? Cat. <laughs> Cat. It's Cat, not in Surrey. What's your confession? Yeah. Your My, you know, for years. I have I don't swear. I didn't swear. Mm-hmm. And my son would come home when he was little and he'd say, you know, so-and-so, we almost got in a fight because he didn't believe me that my mother didn't swear. Mm-hmm. And I've been swearing lately. Oh. <laughs> but, but I don't swear at people. I just uh-huh. want to really have Frustrated. a yeah. hard time. Well, I um, I'm glad that you've first acknowledged the fact that you are a potty mouth now, um, cat from not Surrey. Um, but now you've you've set it free. You've declared it, so you're you're good now. Do you wanna do you wanna have a clean mouth again? <laughs> Sounds weird. Um, but is that what you like? Do you want to go back to being able to you know communicate without dropping f bombs here, cat cat not Catherine cat? Yeah, uh, I want to be a lady again. Oh. There you go. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing your um, for your your confession. I think you're going to find your way. I think you'll be all right. Thank you, Catherine. Cat, not cat, not Catherine. Cat, not in Surrey. My goodness. Um, next caller. I should ask legitimately this time. Would you like to use your uh, name from Surrey, or would you not like to use your name? It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> okay, Anne, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. <laughs> tell me the tell me this confession that you have because you need some help here, some clarity. Yeah, well, it's very very old. It was back in the early '70s, and I was we were just married, probably six months or so. And we moved out to Squamish, and we met a taxidermist, and we used to spend some time with him. And my ex wanted to buy this ugly raccoon that looked so ferocious to put on the wall. It was mounted to go on the wall and the big teeth and the big claws and it looked really ferocious, right? And I said, no, I'm not putting that on my wall. Well, he went back and bought it and he put it on the wall. (laughs) When the garbage man came around, it went right into the garbage while he was at work. (laughs) Now, who, who who did wrong there? I told him, no, don't you get that thing. <sighs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, well, th- help me understand what the uh, what what was the conversation like when he came home from work that day and the trash panda was no longer on the wall. I blocked it out. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine it wasn't very pleasant. <laughs> well, um, now. I would say in this particular case, you know, you looked at it together. You said no way. But this, and so, I mean, that would, to me puts him in the bad place. But at the same time, you know, um, he needs to be who he is. You know, I mean, if he is the kind of person that in his heart 
he really, really wants to have a trash panda on his wall. I divorced him love years him. later, but I, if, yeah. if he did that, if he went and got it out of the garbage dump and brought it home, I would have been divorced a lot sooner. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Shift Podcast. I don't know about you, but I feel stressed out. I do more than ever before. Sleep is so incredibly important. This matters to me now. And the good news is, is I do seek help and I have a counselor and I do all kinds of study, Uh, you know, and then I lean into my words language and use that to isolate, um, you know, some of my own writing to be able to figure out some of the problems. But stress comes from many different places and money is usually the biggest one. I'll start this conversation here because we have Taz with us and I'll introduce Taz in one quick second. I'm going to start this conversation here. Stress doesn't exist. It actually doesn't exist. And so stress is nothing more than a story from the past that you're projecting onto a maybe of the future. So it actually doesn't exist. Now, I know you're sitting there going, BS, Shane, because I can feel it right now. Yeah, it occurs to us. And when you can create the distinction that stress doesn't exist, it actually doesn't exist. It just occurs to us. It helps you start to realize then, okay, what is causing this to occur to me? right? So you can't show me where stress is. You can't show me here, like knock on the table. You can't show me stress. So that means we've really got to figure this out because it's not like you've got garbage bag in the kitchen that needs to go to the garage and it's that tangible, that simple. So we can't take the stress garbage bag out to the garage and be done with it. So Taz joins me here now, and uh, we wanted to get into a conversation around stress. We're probably going to center this a little bit about money, but there's other things there too. Taz Rajan is with Bromwich and Smith. They're an insolvency company, so they help with the dead end of it. But you guys have done some work just in general about stress. There's money element to this, and we'll get to that. But that's what you guys have been working on. Um, did you see in the mirror yourself when you got these results, Taj, that you were like, oh, hey, guess what? I'm the one doing the survey and that's me right there. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And you know, anyone that knows me knows that I wear the biggest rose-colored glasses all day, every day. And through the, you know, the majority of this pandemic, I've been like, I'm blessed. It could be so much worse. And really, truly, I have felt that way. But I got to tell you, right around the time, you know, our Angus Reid survey came out, I had lately been feeling not the greatest, kind of just, you know, frustrated with this whole situation and just, just, yeah, a little, a little bit of stress is occurring for me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I get, I've found myself to be a little bit sharp. Um, I got a puppy in the last couple of weeks here. And even the way that I've had to deal with a puppy a couple of times, I can see that. I'm like, you know what? That was just way over the top reaction to this dumb dog who's just being a dumb four and a half month old dog, right? So it is present to us in some of the places that we we can find it if we look for it. It's very much there. And Dr. Jody Carrington, uh, she's an author, an amazing public speaker and psychologist. She says, you have to name it to tame it. And so that's my invitation to everybody here uh, is to let's just name it. See if we can find out where it occurs for you. And then we can start to talk about, at least get the conversation going about how this works. And sometimes we just need to get the conversation going, figure it out as we go. So let's get started with what you discovered, Taz, 
in this about Canadians and stress and burnout and maybe sitting at home watching too much Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations on the puppy, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, to be determined, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, what we learned, we did do a survey, you know, across Canada, kind of find out what are you worried about right now? And, you know, topping that list is inflation and cost of living, which makes sense. Absolutely. That has really totally. been in the news you know, we're constantly seeing it and hearing it. And, you know, eventually you start to go, whoa, this is probably going to impact me. And how is this going to impact me? And so then the worry begins because worry is also a future. Um, you know, worry, worry is thinking about the yep. future, right? So you start mm-hmm. to wonder, okay, cost of living and inflation, how's that going to affect my family? How's that going to affect my rainy day fund? How is that affecting my retirement? You know, how does that affect just day to day, just you know, my day-to-day budget, just being able to buy groceries and keep the roof over my head. Yeah. Quality of life to do your favorite things, right? If your favorite thing is just go for a Starbucks, you're getting squeezed on money, you're going to take away one of your favorite things. Now, in all things fair, it's probably one of the most expensive habits in your life, (laughs) but that's just me being biased. Don't worry about it. Um, So what are you starting to see here? Um, You know, COVID restrictions have people stressed out too. Uh, you know, th- we talk about opportunities because there are so many jobs available right now. People are jumping ship and going to different uh, careers and finding themselves. I, For me, I'm not quite sure I will ever go back to commuting. I don't think I will. Yes. I mean, I think that's where I realized that I'm done, right? I had had to drive. I was in traffic and I was like, you know what? This is the part that I haven't missed. So I'm not going to go back. Right. So what did you guys find around those stresses? Yeah, exactly. There are some of those silver linings. And it's interesting that you talked about you know, people are finding jobs or, you know, maybe starting some of these, we've talked about side hustles and side gigs and people starting businesses. But, you know, one of the areas that Canadians are stressed out about or worried about is actually job insecurity. So reduced hours, reduced pay, the layoffs and the lack of new opportunities. So quick, right? It's been so quick now. We see this, you know, maybe if you're working in a restaurant, it's been so quick. It's literally, you go to work Wednesday and then you find out Wednesday night when your shift's over for Thursday morning that, hey, by the way, we're closed now. Right. And so that is where, like that, you know, when when you kind of go, wow, how come Canadians are more worried now than they were at the beginning of lockdown and the beginning of pandemic? It's, It's exactly that. There's this, there's such inconsistency and unpredictability and it's gone on for so much longer than any. Honestly, I, I can remember March being told I was going home and thinking, oh, yeah, two weeks, we'll be fine. You know, we had a vacation planned. Yep. And, you know, one of my my sisters was like, we should cancel. I'm like, no, 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 we're going to be fine. So this has lasted much longer than anyone thought it was going to last. And there are those, there's that unpredictability. We're going back to work. We're not going back to work. You know, they're opening up. They're not opening up. Kids are going back to school. They're not going back to school. It's it's just like you said, it's turning on a dime. And that is, you know, what builds up those, whatever those emotions are, the stress, the worry, the anxiety, because we're not in control. We're not able to plan for it. It's outside of us. So I, I want to create some clarity. When I say about stress occurring and not existing, we have to dis- be distinct with that. At the same time, I'm not trying to diminish your experience. I want you to honor what is occurring to you because there are messages there, whether that's from your body, um, you know, all that. The messages might be very accurate. They might be very inaccurate because they're just about something that happened in your past. You don't want to happen again. If you've lost your job, you know how worried you get when the 
grumblings at work about losing your job, right? So we just have to honor it, but that doesn't mean um, it's accurate. And that matters. And let's flip this on the ear. It's not only about the restaurant workers. I mean, imagine all of the managers that have people, 10 people working below them that uh, have to somehow explain to them, by the way, your whole world is going to turn upside down again. So that must be stressful too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In some ways, almost, you know, that, that's so, it, that would be a dreaded thing to do. Most people that go into management is because of that love of the people and the love of that job. So of course that's, you know, it's so difficult to have to tell people that, this might be your last day, right? So, okay, there, uh, Ms. Rose-colored glasses. <laughs> how do we uh, how do we find rose rose-colored uh, beauty in all of this stuff? Because uh, people are looking for solutions, but things are going up in cost. You know, right. Inflation number is staggering. The Canadian number is terrible. The American number now that's coming out of the states this week, they're talking seven upwards of ten percent. Like they're talking nasty numbers. So. Uh, regardless, we watch American TV as a whole, as a country. So whether it's our country or not, that's going to impact us too. So where, where do we go and what are the biggest specific things that you're seeing? Yeah. I love that you're asking me this question, especially as Ms. Rose colored glasses. So you (laughs) know what? Number one, we have to recognize that we are not alone. When you're looking at stats that say 87% of Albertans or, you know, 66% of Albertans, this tells us that we are not alone. And that's a really big message I want to get out there because I struggled with my own debt. I had declared bankruptcy a few years ago. And I will tell you, it was the loneliest time in my life. And I absolutely did think that I am the only one who does this. I am the only one in this situation. You're not alone. There wouldn't be a federally legislated debt forgiveness option in Canada if a handful of people ever suffered. So that's the first thing that I want to put out there is know that you're not alone and that there are solutions, okay? Number two, action cures all that ails us. So, uh, you know, when, when I, whenever there's like a fear, fear of jumping off that diving board, what cures it is either getting off the diving board or jumping, right? That's what gets rid of the fear. You do something. So here are some actionable things that people can do. Number one, if you're, you know, like we're showing that people are concerned about inflation and cost of living going up, let's be proactive Get in touch with your service providers, with your credit companies, and talk to them and see what you can negotiate. If you can lower some of your monthly expenses right now before these things start to go up, it'll alleviate some of that worry and some of that stress. And keep in mind, the bank, your phone company, they are all businesses and you are their customer. They'd rather keep you as their existing customer than have to go out and find a new customer. So it's scary to pick up that phone. Literally, when you're when you're in this situation, that phone feels like it weighs, you know, the entire world. But I recently did that and renegotiated my cell phone bill. And I was so shocked at how much lower I was able to get it down just by making that phone call. So that's mm-hmm. an actionable thing. Call your service provider, call your credit card company and just. Let them know what your situation is and just say, hey, what can you do? What can you do to work with me? That would be the first actionable step. And let's do that before things start to go up. Um, This may seem very simple, but even grabbing a friend to sit with you during that phone call, that seems like a good solution because then they can whisper in your ear, ask about this. Yes. Or just kind of hold your hand and be like, you've got this. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's not bad. That's a good idea. Yeah. I like this. Absolutely. Um, I want to, I want to talk before you move on on this and, and please don't lose that spot. Okay. I want to uh, toss this at you because you said the diving board. And I want to bring that up because when you talk about the diving board, the question becomes, what are you actually afraid of when you're on the diving board? Right. And so I want you to, I'm inviting you to dance with me here. Okay. Um, so you're on the diving board. Okay. And uh, this is, it's the diving competition. We're at the, where it's just the pool, whatever. Taz is on the diving board. She looks fantastic. She's ready to go. It's terrified. So what, when you're standing there, Taz, just if you could use yourself as an example, yes. what are you afraid of standing on that diving board? I'm afraid of the deep end. I don't swim in the deep end. Okay, so what's the deep end? What happens in the deep end? I can't touch the bottom and I'm scared I'm going to drown. You're going to drown. So why are you afraid to drown? Because I'm not a good swimmer. Okay, but what happens when you drown? I could die, maybe. Okay, what happens when you die? (laughs) That's the end of my life. (laughs) Yeah, okay. But what's the impact of the end of your life? It ends sooner than I thought it would. Mm -hmm. It'll impact my family. Your family. Your browsing history, your finances, <laughs> yes. your will, your will might not be done. Yes. Your dream vacation's not over. You know, you don't like your ex. And so your kids aren't really grown up yet. They, they need your help. So you're not really afraid of the diving board mm. and you're not really afraid of the water. You're afraid of the other layers of the onion that come up. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like when you're uh, it's afraid of heights, I'm actually not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of gravity and i'm not really right. afraid of gravity i'm afraid of what happens when i hit the ground and when i'm not around anymore <laughs> yes. so once and this is the reason why i bring this up is because quite often what we're afraid of including the the biggest of them all is when you're on the diving board and now you go in the deep end and now you're in the deep end you can't touch the bottom as you described it someone has to come and help you right. and now you look bad and the fear of looking bad is where we go with money all the time. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. The shame, the stigma, the right. judgment. Absolutely. So how do we get through where you're taking us next and looking bad and making sure that we know that this is okay? Yeah. And you sort of alluded to it earlier when you said, you know, it might even help just to have a friend there. And that was one of the other actionable steps I wanted to share is actually starting to open up and talk about money, talk about what you know, what worries us about moving forward, whether it's inflation, whether it's job insecurity, but let's start talking to our spouses, our family members, a really, really close friend. We've got to stop creating all this shame and stigma around these topics. We've got to start talking about them openly. And nine out of 10 times, when you actually say something to somebody close to you, It's like that, you know, I used to be an educator and, you know, we would always say, hey, there's no stupid question because if you've got it, somebody else probably does. Right. And that's what happens when you start opening up. And our clients tell us this as well, that, you know, initially it was all hush hush. And then eventually they might have mentioned it to one person. That person's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, we had this problem, too. And we went here and this is what we did. So another really big one is start talking about it now. Friends and family are not necessarily equipped and aren't necessarily going to have the best advice for you, but it does start to take a load off of our shoulders just to share that with somebody. So that's not Mm -hmm. my last actionable, but it is one good one. Yeah. When I would, um, and I would say that uh, maybe go, if they're not an expert, (laughs) don't listen to their response. In fact, just invite them to participate. Listen to what you tell them. Listen to yourself and how you communicate and how you feel talking about it. And that's where your answers will be found. Okay, so what else can we do? Yeah, and I have to say, I really liked how you went down that rabbit hole of 
you're on the diving board, what happens? And that that's a, it's a really great trick when we are fearful to kind of go, okay, exactly what you did. What am I afraid of? Okay. Why? You know, what happens if that happens? What happens? And a lot of times when you get down to the bottom, you know, you're either going to figure out, oh, it's actually not that bad. I can live with that. Or you're going to get to the root of what your fear is and figure out how you deal with that. Um, the other one I really want to talk about, you know, our survey showed that in terms of, you know, a lot of Albertans are concerned about managing money and their debts. And so, you know, how are you going to deal with that? And a lot of Canadians, Albertans, kind of one of their first go-to is, yeah, I'll cash in my RSPs. I'll get a consolidation loan. I'll sell the house. And so I really want to caution Canadians not to go liquidating your assets, not to go stealing from your future self without talking to a professional first. A lot of these things are exempt. They're they're meant for your future and they're not going to be taken away from you if you look at dealing with your debt, you know, through a professional like a licensed insolvency trustee. So that's a really big one. Like don't go cashing in these things that you've been putting aside for your future to deal with your debt or to deal with, you know, this concern with inflation. And finally, stay away from payday loans and high interest, you know, quick options as well. Yeah. And sucked in by points, I would also throw in too, because we all get sucked in by points, don't we? Um, this is remarkable. Stress is with us all the time. It's here. It's um, it's going to be here. When we talk about how it doesn't exist, that doesn't mean it's not naturally occurring to us. It's just that we often mislabel it you know, as being a real thing. And I just want everyone to understand that it's not easy. It's, the, it's, uh, it's simple, but it ain't easy analogy, right? Sure. That... Um, just get talking about it. I want to bring out a couple of things, right? Change, quick change, sleep changes. I've always managed stress very well in my personal business life and uh, in my professional life. And I can't put my finger on it. And that's okay in my name it to tame it about what's going through what I'm going through right now. But I am acknowledging that it's different now. Mm -hmm. Something is different now. And whatever that is for you, these conversations are so incredibly important. You might find that your problem is actually not money at all. That could be where you're really confident. Wouldn't that be a bonus? Just go, you know what? I do all these things. I'm good there. I'm actually worried about my relationship. I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my health. So that would be a great place to find. Taz, um, you're an absolute gem. This is great. I would love to, uh, I would love to invite you to come back, talk about this more because we need to talk about money more. Taz. I would so love to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This was enlightening and I might have to get on a diving board now. (laughs) Yeah. Also clear your browsing history, just to be clear. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Shane. Have a lovely evening. This is the Shift Podcast. As we see what happens around the world, our country is far from perfect. I don't like the direction politics are taking. Um, I was watching some of the BBC political things going on in Britain right now. And at least they're trying to answer questions and stuff in their parliament. Canada is great. Most of us in Canada don't have to walk very far to get clean water. Most of us. And, you know, we are able to go to a grocery store and get food for the most part. Not all of us, but Canada is incredibly, incredibly cool. So um, I feel like 
we should just we should just really get proud and share our pride about things that are uniquely Canadian that make it amazing. So I think we should just should we hit this now? Get right into this rye right away. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about all things amazing because Canada is amazing. We love it. We love hockey and snow, unless you live on the West Coast. We have plugins in our cars. But not everything about Canada, you know, it's great. Like, there's some things about Canada, even though we're Canadian, that we just defy, right? Like, maybe you hate maple syrup. You prefer, like, that fake stuff in a plastic bottle. What makes you a bad Canadian? Do you want to talk about it? Hey? Oh, yeah, but... Oh. What makes you a bad Canadian? We all know what a good Canadian is, but it's time to fess up a little bit. What makes you a bad Canadian? So, 877-399-9898. What makes you a bad Canadian? Now, before we get into that, let's just sort of establish what are some of you know the reputations of stereotypes that we have in Canada. How does the rest of the world look at us? Well, Simpsons have done a fantastic job making fun of Canadians. It's so clean and bland. I'm home. Wow, this bus station is the birthplace of Paul Schaefer. Dad, no, it says don't walk. Doesn't matter. They have free health care. <laughs> Rich. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works. Sorry, Homer. <laughs> no, yeah, you have to wait uh, 24 months before you get that knee fix there, Homer. Yeah. But um, actually, they just recently did a good uh, thing with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Grey Cup, which was kind of cool as well. Uh, do you remember this one? This was probably, this is probably 20 years ago now that this one came out. It really summed up Canada very well. It was a Molson commercial. Hey, I'm uh, I'm not a lumberjack or a fur trader, and I don't live in an igloo or eat blubber or own a dog sled, and I don't know Jimmy, Sally, or Susie from Canada, although I'm certain they're really, really nice. I have a prime minister, not a president. I speak English and French, not American, and I pronounce it about, not about. I can proudly sew my country's flag on my backpack. I believe in peacekeeping, not policing, diversity, not assimilation, and that the beaver is a truly proud and noble I also made all Joes everywhere famous. Yeah, I did, didn't it? <laughs> so, you know, there are many things about being Canadian that we can be truly proud of. Um, Ginger Pal is an animator and shares the magic of, for example, sticking a tube in a tree and getting out the glorious Canadian maple syrup. 
I'm not gonna lie, I don't really care for pancakes, waffles, or french toast. Pretty much anything that you actually should put maple syrup on. Instead, I usually just drink it by itself. I got maple running through my veins. But eventually I was like, hmm, you know, diabetes, so I slowed down on that. In grade 9, during the holiday season, I had a friend who got me a little baby jug of maple syrup. I was drinking it during class, and then my teacher saw, and she took it away because she thought I was being gross. But then we had a secret Santa that day, and my secret Santa knew exactly what I loved, and decided to get me maple cookies and a large jug of the same maple syrup. All the signs pointed to it. Yep, drink it. So I did. My favorite thing to do in the winter is take a bunch of maple syrup and boil it. Then pour it over snow, and it becomes taffy. And if you screw up, you just have a maple-flavored slushy. This is also good. I just realized I'm not really helping the stereotype, but like, everyone likes maple. What, America? You just gonna sit there and pretend you don't drown your breakfast in maple syrup? We just happen to like it more, so we put it in our flag. <laughs> I used to do that. I remember those tiny little bottles of maple syrup you'd... Get them at Christmas time as gifts or something, or Santa would put one in your stocking. And um, I le legitimately would do exactly like he just said. Just drink it. It's probably not good for you. Terrible. But it was. So what makes you a bad Canadian? That's a list of all the things that make us Canadians. 877-399-9898. What makes you a bad Canadian? For example, Steve says, I dislike... Hurry hard! Curling. Men's tournament is sponsored by... Labatt's Women is uh, sponsored by toilet paper, Scotty's. I think it's paper towel, actually. Maybe it is the toilet paper. Um, yeah, I mean, curling is a... That's a tough one. It's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uniquely Canadian. Ryan O'Donnell, what makes you a bad Canadian? Okay. Uh, small one. I'm picky with my maple syrup. It's got to be like actually like good maple syrup. If it's uh, just like store brand, I'd rather just have non-maple syrup. But if it's like from an actual proper Canadian farm, yes. Yeah. But uh, that's like a half bad. Uh, this, this though, this makes me a bad boy. I have never at any point in my life been able to skate, nor do I have the desire to learn what? how. It's nope. on the list, Ryan. Yeah, All Canadians can skate. On it's I literally cannot. on the list of Canadian stereotypes. No. Nope. All Canadians can skate. The last time I went skating, I used one of the things that you hold on to, like the little red mm. like walkers. I used that to get started. And then eventually I got into the rhythm. But there's all these people that like are, you know, they're skating backwards and they're doing twirls and they're showing off. And I'm just like... I feel like a like a, a tin man who hasn't been oiled in like 15 years, and I'm just like a I can't move, and then I just fall, and then I bruise my tailbone, and I just feel embarrassed, and I just can't do it. I just can't. <laughs> I feel like you need a hug actually after that. Yeah, like, it really sounds some, like there's some pent there's some anger that's been built up there, and oh. I like I just uh, you know I. I, I, I can ride my bike really well. I'm great on a scooter, electric or manual, because I had plenty of time to practice. And if I fell off, it, you know, it was fine. But skating, I just don't feel the same amount of control. And uh, I'd rather just watch hockey. I'd rather just watch I, someone else do it. I love that. I have some good news for you, though, is that I believe that all maple syrup actually comes from the same place. Like, it's literally one 
<laughs> mafia-run unit that bottles mm. it for everybody. So whether it's amber or dark or whatever, it literally all comes from the same place. So that should be able to ease your mind, even if it's just like generic store brand. And it's Canadian maple syrup. In order to be Canadian maple syrup, it has to be from that place. So that's good news. Mm. But you said hockey. Like, you're a fan of hockey, but you can't skate. Nope. Hmm. There's there's a really good uh, text from Trucker Dan. Ryan can't skate, and you're gonna let him drive your car. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's well, my hand-eye coordination showing its true. He's got to learn how to skate. He's got to mm-hmm. learn. It's not a standard. He's got to learn how to skate. He's got to learn how to drive. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to teach him these things. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Of all the stereotypes, what makes you a bad Canadian? So, Brendan Kelly. Well, what makes you a bad Canadian? I, it's kind of the opposite of Ryan here. I can skate. Nice. I just don't really like watching other people do it. That's not even true, actually. Speed skating is kind of cool. I don't like hockey. Get out. I don't like hockey at all. Yeah, I've had Tough a period one. of my life where I've been obsessed with oh, all kinds of sports. Good pun. That's all kinds pun. of Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. All kinds of sports. Uh, you know, I was a huge Raptors fan when I was a kid. Uh, I've always been in and out with the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, you know, like all kinds of sports. Golf. I'll watch golf. I just I've never gotten into hockey. In fact, I think really? it's... Really? Yeah, just because it was everywhere. And you know me. I, I don't want to be like... You like else. to be a yeah, rebel. I like to be the rebel, I guess. So, yeah, I've never gotten into hockey. It just it kind of bores me. So you and um, you and Gord Downey there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's not a bad Canadian well, don't to be give compared an, to. Huh? Right? Don't give an F about hockey. That was fireworks? Is that fireworks? Yeah, it was fireworks. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, what about the tragically hip? <laughs> Steve says, throw him out of the country. Okay, so what about the tragically hip? This one comes in says uh, from Dan. It says, I know I'm going to get some serious shade for this. What makes me a bad Canadian is that I'm not a huge fan of the tragically hip. Don't get me wrong. They aren't bad. Pauling was, uh, was a friend of mine. I just I just don't find their music as good as everyone seems to make it. Um, I'm a bad Canadian because I love Nickelback. Ooh. Um, but the tragically hip, I mean, the tragically hip is different. Does everybody really think the tragically hip's music is good? No, they've got a pretty like I they're they actually I think are kind of like Rush in that you either like them or you really don't. And that's I'm okay with that fact. Tragically Hip was about a feeling. It was about an era of your life and they nailed it in the 90s. It was the college crowd feeling that just takes you directly back to a season of your life. I mean it really wasn't super fantastic. It was unique in the world of everything that was coming out. I mean, Poets was a fantastic song. You know, even when you go back to the earlier stuff, New Orleans is Sink and stuff like that, it was unique. But I think it's very good and uniquely Canadian. But I don't think that that's, I don't think it's a non-Canadian thing to not yeah. like the Tragically Hip. Now, if you have no memories around the Tragically Hip, there's got to be some sort of drunken summertime memory about a tragically hip song for everybody, isn't there? Chances are there's a tragically hip song that references some small town near where you lived or some small geographical uh, <laughs> something or other. 
Well, Leaf fans have been trying to live that down forever. Um, 877-399-9898. Okay, so for me, I'm probably a bad Canadian around music because I absolutely cannot stand Celine Dion. You can't stand her? Like I've I, never met her. I'm willing to give you a pass on that one because she, she's not even really Canadian anymore. I don't know. She's still pretty connected to the Quebec roots. She's still pretty proud of that, and she's still very French. Like she's, she's allowed to be proud she's, of it. She's worth hundreds of millions of dollars yeah, and lives in millions. Like and she's like a she's like an anthem for an entire generation of Canadians. So it's like kind of like. I feel like the the age in which Celine Dion is Canada has probably passed, so it's okay now. But if you had said that like 10 years ago, I think you would have been canceled. Ariana Grande does an amazing impression of her. And when so I, good. It's so Very good. Funny. And when I hear that, to me, that, that, that gives me sort of the re- affirmation that, oh, it's okay. You don't have to be a fan. I mean, I love what she stands up for. And she's done amazing things. I admire her career. She's absolutely crushed it. I just... This will make me a bad Canadian. There's another one, too, though, I can say that... I don't know if this is good or not good. Um, but there's another Canadian artist that I also... Um, maybe it's just burnout. But there's another Canadian that I just can't handle. Oh. Oh, oh no. Oh. She's the... Sweet, sweet, like, I don't know, sprinkles on our sweet, sweet dessert in here in Canada. She's just so sweet. I don't know. You can't do it, eh? Well, she's just the American. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm just realizing that maybe what's occurring to me here is that I, maybe I'm just pissy because she does the, um, the dogs thing down in the, yeah, in the States, whatever it is, the shelters or whatever. Oh, yeah. The, so, yeah. She's got to make money. What do you do? I guess, but maybe I feel like she's you know sold out and moved on, right? Well, yeah, plus she's a musician. And that's what they do. I guess. I guess she's got to make the money. She's talented. I mean, there's no denying that. I mean, she's like Chantel Kraviasek to me. Dynamite. Those two kind of you know grew up in the same almost era. There, you know. Uh, okay, another text comes in. I love Rush, Brian Adams, skating, French songs, maple syrup. Bad Canadian is I don't care for Michael Bublé. And uh, meh to the tragically hip. I just never encountered their music when I was uh, lived out east, so I assumed they were just rich snobs playing to rich kids at Queens. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, Nickelback, lead singer, uh, is or comes from Ardrossan. I believe he comes from Hannah, actually. Um, might have family connections to Ardrossan because I know his aunt uh, had a St. Vincent Lake Vincent, up by St. Paul. His aunt had a place there just, and it's actually just a few, a little bit down the road, um, where Brett Kissel's family is, um, in St. Vincent, just down there too. Uh, I'm not a fan of William Shatner. That makes me a bad Canadian. See, there you go. Yeah. He's my, that's a text. That's, that's, that's fair. He's, to be honest, as a Trekkie, he's my least favorite captain too. So I guess that's another (laughs) bad Canadian thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Um, I'm a bad Canadian because Vancouver is the most boring city on earth that I've been to, and I've been to very many. No, I, I, I'm a Vancouverite, and I agree with that. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Come on. Are you kidding me? 
Vancouver has boring. so many incredible things to do. It's like fine. there are more boring places all across this big, beautiful country. I'm and sure to say Vancouver are. is the most boring of it all. It's well, oh, it's got man. the reputation they like to call it here the no fun city because there's a rule that just takes the fun out of everything here. And mm-hmm. no matter there's what, a lot of okay, rules. there's a lot of rules. I love the rules. There are a lot of rules that does hold yeah. it back from being true fun. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Adam, who's in Quinnell. Hi, guys. Yeah. Uh, hey. I mean, what makes you a hey, bad Canadian, you, Adam? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, if you think Vancouver's boring, you should be in Quinnell. Uh, <laughs> but as far as uh, I, I think Nickelback is good. Oh. Adam, you're uh, breaking up for me there, bud. Can you move your phone or just just where oh, you are? Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Okay, yeah. Um, Drake, it, uh, Kanye is way better than Drake. I mean, that's, so that makes me a terrible Canadian, I'm sure. I can't skate, uh, and Rush is awful. <laughs> Rush is awful. It wow. is the most pretentious. Uh, and, and they were they all their albums. They were just playing catch up. They were trying to catch trends. I don't know what that lead singer is on, but like it's just it's annoying, <laughs> obnoxious. I mean, instrumentally they're fantastic, but like yeah, it's just songwriting and the it was amazing. But uh, <laughs> Adam, ugh, ugh. he says, <laughs> I do love I do love the winters though. Got to tell you. Oh well, in Quinell, you know, kind of have to. <laughs> Yeah, or they're freezing rain right now. Oh, my God. Adam, thanks for calling it in, man. I really appreciate your honesty. Cheers. All right. Adam's in Quinnell, BC. Uh, Vancouver is lame. Another text comes in about that. But don't move to Victoria if you want to have slow. I love Victoria. It's beautiful. I'd like to be able to have, you know, maybe live there one day. But it's it's slower. It's on the slower end of the slow-moving places. That's for sure. What makes you a bad Canadian? 877-399-9898. I'm a bad Canadian. I like Justin Bieber, Drake, and The Weeknd. Weekend's amazing. And Bieber, you can't go wrong. You can't. There's no denying what he's accomplished, right? I mean, I don't know. And Drake, has he's managed to balance the pop world and the hip-hop world and somehow pull it off. Um, what else we got here? I've never been to a professional hockey game. That makes me a bad Canadian. Uh, that's probably true, actually. You know what makes me a bad Canadian? I can't stand lacrosse. You, it's what? I would rather go see a lacrosse game over hockey any day. It's right. like chaos on turf. I love it. Love yeah. lacrosse. I played lacrosse as a child. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I played lacrosse. I had an amazing first game that I like knocked it out of the park. I scored two goals and everything. And then uh, I just I felt like I didn't want to do it anymore, so I gave up the rest of the season. My dad was so upset, and I was just like, Dad, eh. I can do it. I just don't want to. Sorry. Nice. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.